The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. I'm Brian Sullivan, and you're listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. Our show airs live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern. Listen in. It is 5 a.m. at CNBC Global Headquarters, and here's your top five at five. Waiting on St. Nick as investors weigh the odds of a year-end rally to cap off what's been a banner year for U.S. stocks. Double trouble for thousands of would-be flyers over the long holiday weekend as airlines get hit hard by COVID and staffing shortages. The former Spirit Airlines CEO, Ben Baldanza, he will join me soon. A year fraught with new regulators, reforms, and surging commodity prices. We're taking a look at what's in store for emerging markets in 2022. We've got Mark Mobius. He's here for a Worldwide Exchange exclusive. Rising prices doing nothing to dissuade the U.S. consumer. New numbers from MasterCard on just how much we spent and how much retailers gained. Plus, 12 days and $1 billion later, a new pandemic-era box office record thanks to Disney and Marvell. It is December 27th. You're watching Worldwide Exchange here on CNBC. All right. Good morning. I'm Seema Modi in for Brian Sullivan at this hour. Here's a look at how money and global markets are setting up their day. Stock futures pointing to a higher open last time I checked. There we go. Dow Jones Industrial up 28, Nasdaq higher by 42. This morning's action coming after another record-breaking day for stocks on Thursday with the S&P closing at an all-time record high. That is the 67th year to date record high for that benchmark. Coming into the final week of December, the major averages are higher for the month of December. The Dow Jones up about 4%, S&P higher by 3%. The Nasdaq is lagging, however, up just about 1%. Checking treasuries and where bonds are going to be trading at in today's trade, the 10-year note slightly lower, below 1.5 at 1.48%. Oil has been moving a bit in the last couple of hours, coming off its highest settle since Thanksgiving. WTI crude is lower by 1%. Ice Brand crude, the international gauge for oil, slightly higher at $76.26. Bitcoin, rather volatile week for Bitcoin in general. We're looking at it above 50000 now, higher by 1%. Let's go around the world. A mixed picture overnight in Asia, where we saw stocks. Uh, let's see where, where we are. Japan, it was lower by 106 points. Hang Seng, the Hong Kong index higher, and the Shanghai Composite, basically flat on the day. Europe just getting started. Markets in London are closed for the holiday weekend, but you will see we are uh, basically mixed trade. Germany higher by two-tenths of 1%. Let's dig to some of the top morning stories. Silvana now is here with us with all the latest stories. Silvana, good morning. Hey, Seema, good morning. Happy Monday. Well, it was a rough weekend for holiday air travel in the U.S. because according to the latest data from FlightAware, U.S. airlines were forced to cancel more than 1,500 flights and delay more than 6,000 yesterday with Delta American, United and more citing staff shortages due to sick calls and Omicron. This morning, cancellations for flights within into or out of the U.S. are already topping 600. The headaches for air carriers coming as travel continues to spike from the depths of the pandemic, 
According to the TSA, more than 1.7 million people took to the skies on Christmas Eve this Friday, compared to just over 616,000 a year ago. Meanwhile, Moderna is facing a shareholder proposal demand the company open up its COVID-19 vaccine technology to poorer countries. The group also looking for the company to explain why prices remain high given the amount of government aid it's received. Moderna says it's fighting the proposal at the SEC. Moderna received at least $2.5 billion from the U.S. government to help develop the vaccine. And Ford says it's delivered its first Chinese-built Mustang Mach-E SUV at a direct-to-consumer retail store in China. The handoff was the first in a series of ceremonies throughout the country, starting in Shanghai and Beijing, sidestepping the dealership model for its all-electric utility. Ford has set up 25 Tesla-style storefronts in China, with more planned in the months ahead. Seema? The, the dominance for China continues. Yeah. The fight for China exactly. continues. Exactly, yep. Silvana, thank you. We'll see you, you in the next it. hour. To the ongoing concerns around COVID and the rapidly spreading Omicron, Dr. Anthony Fauci warning over the weekend the new variant will continue to drive cases much higher. This as at least five states, including New Jersey and Massachusetts, report their highest seven-day case count averages ever. NBC's Liz McLaughlin joining us now from Washington with a closer look at the travel headaches because it is getting really hard to get around right now, Liz. Absolutely. It's an industry that was already short-staffed, and now this coronavirus surge is really putting stress on them. Coronavirus cases now account, or excuse me, Omicron variant cases now accounting for more than 70% of new COVID cases in the U.S. The daily case count is the highest that we've seen in about the past year, and those travel headaches are really continuing to mount over the holiday weekend. More than 6,000 flights globally were canceled and that caused tens of thousands of delays. The holiday travel nightmare continues for airline passengers this week, feeling the impact of Omicron's rapid spread. They said that the, the reason why the flights were canceled was a crew availability due to COVID. Outbreaks on at least four cruise ships caused them to be turned away at destination ports over the weekend. After about three hour delay, they said, we're not going to stop. The coronavirus surge is also sidelining athletes, with three more college football bowl games canceled Sunday. As schools across the country prepare for students to return, the number of children being infected and hospitalized is rising. So right there. Educators now strategizing on how to keep kids in the classroom safely. Our message to the families are, number one, we're going to do everything we can to keep schools open. Testing may be a key factor in controlling the spread and preventing disruption, but demand has outpaced supply in recent days, with at-home test kits sold out at many pharmacies and hours-long wait times at testing sites across the country. We've obviously got to do better. I mean, I think things will improve greatly as we get into January, but that doesn't help us today and tomorrow. A race to control the spread in the final days of 2021. President Biden promised Americans that there would be 500 million free at-home COVID-19 test kits available. But uh, officials say the contracts for those will be finalized this week, but they won't be available. The website won't be up for people to request those tests until January. 
Um, and once available, it's unclear how quickly they'll be shipped or how many each American can order. Seema? Yeah, waiting eagerly for the testing to improve here, especially in states like New York. Liz, what are you hearing about regulators? Are they planning to do anything to help with this ongoing travel disruption? While lobbyists for the airline industry are pushing the CDC to shorten the isolation time for airline workers to five days if they're vaccinated and if they test negative. We've seen similar shortening of that quarantine period for healthcare workers and airline workers are saying we need this too, or excuse me, the airlines themselves are saying we need this too to stop disruption. Uh, meanwhile, some lawmakers, including California Senator Dianne Feinstein, uh, were, are suggesting a vaccine requirement or a proof of a negative test in order to fly domestically, there's already proof of a test required for international flights. Seema? Airline stocks trading lower across the board. United, Delta down about 2% here in pre-market. Liz, thank you for joining us with the latest on this ongoing story around travel. Liz McLaughlin. Back to the markets as we come off another stomach-churning week for stocks. The major averages falling more than 1% last Monday on worries about Omicron variant, Fed tightening, and news that Senator Joe Manchin won't support President Biden's spending plan. But by Thursday, all that seemed to be forgotten as the S&P 500 booked its 67th record close for 2021. There's only been one other time this year in July when the S&P fell only a Monday, only to end the week at a record high. So let's talk about that and more and what potentially lies ahead for the markets in 2022 with Gina Sanchez, CEO of Chantico Global and CNBC contributor. Gina, always a pleasure to have you on. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you know, we were all talking about how this past couple of weeks, uh, you know, market strategists came on saying the year end rally could come to an end. There's just so much uncertainty that is creeping into this market, whether it's the Federal Reserve, the idea that big tech companies won't be able to hold on to the earnings growth. They've, they've been able to deliver Wall Street over the past couple of quarters. But here we are at another record high. What do you think happened? You know, I think that that the the markets are really struggling with um, this question of the Fed, what what it's going to do, and how quickly it's going to do it, and, and the expectations that it could move its pacing um, up so that um, you know by by March, April, and May we're expecting uh, Fed hikes and tapering to be uh, largely done. If that's the case, that valuation becomes a real issue. But the reality is, is that we've all, we're also seeing um, a lot of pent-up demand coming to the fore, and the holiday season is exactly when you tend to see that. And so I think that some of that is driving this sort of little bout of optimism that we're experiencing. Um, and you know, Seema, look, we we are slowing from very, very high a high pace of growth just because of all of that uh, pent-up demand and unlocked demand. Um, we're going to continue slowing, but the numbers will actually still remain positive. Um, so I think that that you know that idea of slowing in the face of rising rates is really the question that the market has to grapple with. When the market started to sell off, Gina, in early December, it was technology that sort of led us lower. Right now, we're looking at the Nasdaq just about four percent away from its recent 52-week high. Is technology? How are you sizing up the opportunities there? Obviously, an exciting place to invest, but when you break it down. Hardware, software, cryptocurrencies, fintech, where would you be putting your money to work? 
You know, look, I, I think that you still have to look at the long-term trends and, and you have to invest um, for, for more than just the day or the month. Um, and the long-term trends basically still argue for greater demand for cloud computing, greater demand uh, uh, to, to sort of move into the, the 21st century. And, and while coronavirus certainly got us there a lot more quickly than we expected, um, that's not going to stop. The challenge is the valuations. Um, and but even even given some of these valuations, I think that you can still make a strong argument um, that parts of the tech story, like Microsoft, for example, uh, or like um, Nvidia, that that those are are you know well priced, highly priced in some cases, uh, but still very strong stories that are not going away. Lastly, Bitcoin back above fifty thousand. Would you be an investor, Gina? So Bitcoin is a harder question because Bitcoin really, really relies on excess money uh, supply. And that, we think, is going away. We think that this liquidity story, um, because of the inflation that has been created um, for a number of reasons uh, during the coronavirus pandemic, um, that that has actually given the Fed um, really no direction except to start raising rates and removing liquidity. And that's a bad sign for Bitcoin. Yeah, it's a great point, and this will be one of the open-ended questions going into next year as well. Gina, always great to see you. Thank you for joining us. Gina Sanchez. And when we come back, a closer look at retail, the resilient American consumer and the most loved sector stocks for 2021. Plus, a winter whiteout in the Northwest, adding insult to injury when it comes to holiday travel plans. Later, a worldwide exchange exclusive with emerging markets guru, Mark Mobius, his take on 2021, what lies ahead for investors. A very busy hour still ahead on Worldwide Exchange when we return. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. The UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome back. U.S. holiday retail sales rising 8.5% year over year. That's according to new numbers from MasterCard. That was partly due to strong e-commerce sales, which jumped 11% compared to last year. Even physical store traffic was up 8%. The report also showing sales were up compared to 2019 with e-commerce jumping about 61%. Joining us now for a look at the holiday retail picture is Jerome Martes, Director of Consumer Research at Refinitiv. Jerome, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I really enjoy looking at your research and what I found really compelling with the stuff you sent in for this interview, uh, the most loved stocks, Rent the Runway and Etsy. What does that tell us about the U.S. consumer? 
Good morning, Seema. Um, well, absolutely. This is going to be another uh, jolly holiday season for retailers. But as you mentioned, our market site uh, data at Refinitiv does tell us that some of the loved, most loved stocks uh, when it comes to retail in 2021 were Rent the Runway, Etsy, and in some cases, even eBay made the top list um, and throughout some of the months. And this is mainly because health and wellness has been a top priority for the consumer during the pandemic. And as a result, many shoppers have made a commitment to change the way they shop and go to the second uh, second hand and to the vintage shopping and to, in order to promote more of a circular economy. Not only that, but they actually too love the value, the value and the deals that they're getting at these retailers. And analysts pulled by Refinitiv are very bullish on this trend and have been increasing their earnings estimates for a lot of these retailers going into 2022, suggesting that this trend is here to stay and is expected mm. to get stronger. You know, Jerome, when we think about the big risks facing retail, we think one, inflation, two, supply chain. Which companies from your research show that they've done a better job at managing these headwinds? The discounters, without a doubt, definitely Walmart, Target, and even Home Depot and Lowe's. And that's mainly because they've invested a lot of money into the omni-channel experience. And this paid off during the pandemic. They've gained a lot of market share. But to your point about the inflation, we're already seeing in the latest reading of our consumer sentiment index that the consumer is very much concerned about what this could mean for their uh, standard of living going into 2022, especially the low-end consumer, as they are already feeling the pinch. A lot of the dollar stores, especially Dollar Tree, already changed their business model after 35 years, where they have increased their prices from a dollar to a dollar 25. And according to our IFR data, the inflation is expected to loom into the first half of the year of 2022. At Leisure, I'm just curious, Jerome, do the, does the research suggest this is a trend that continues into 2022? We, knew, we know that during the pandemic, we were all in our sweatpants. But guess what? It didn't stop, did it, based on the latest results we got from Lululemon? Absolutely. It didn't stop. And not only Lululemon, but also we're seeing that consumers are trading down and they're going to the dis discounters, especially now during inflationary times. But Target is also a favorite when it comes to at leisure at a lesser at, at a less price compared to the higher hundred dollar yoga pants that we see at Lululemon. You can get a very similar um, merchandise in, in at leisure, and they've become a favorite one during during the pandemic. So we're seeing that the, the at leisure trend is still very strong, especially as health and wellness continue to be a top priority for consumers, sporting goods also doing very well. And then um, also the home furnishing and home improvement are sectors that continue mm. to do well. It's also very important to know that this holiday season, we saw much less aggressive discounting than what we've seen in previous year. Refinitiv discovered in a collaboration with StyleSage. And, but despite the lower discounts, we're still seeing that items are flying off the shelf and the sold out yeah. rates are still very high. No, it's, it's a great point. I mean, we just got to wonder how long this can last. Jerome, great research as always. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great morning, Jerome Martis. Still on deck, swinging into a new box office record. Details on Disney's latest blockbuster. That's coming up next. Today's big number, $234.5 billion. That's how much stock companies in the S&P 500 repurchased during the third quarter. A new record, according to S&P Dow Jones. 
At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on-brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Let's get a check on this morning's other headlines. NBC's Philip Manna in New York with the latest. Good morning, Phil. Hi, Seema. Good morning. Millions of Americans are under winter weather alerts this morning. A 70-mile stretch of interstate in Northern California had to be shut down. The weather is also impacting air travel. These storms, combined with staffing issues due to COVID, have already forced more than 500 cancellations within and into the U.S. today. Three of the seven members of BTS have tested positive for COVID. According to the K-pop supergroup's management team, Suga, Jin, and RM are all undergoing self-care at home in accordance to local health guidelines. Jin is showing mild symptoms, while the other two are asymptomatic. A Holland America Line cruise ship has returned to San Diego after Mexican health officials barred it from entering Puerto Vallarta due to a COVID outbreak on the ship. Guests were not allowed to disembark after authorities said around 21 crew members aboard the ship tested positive for COVID-19. In a statement, Holland America confirmed that a small number of the 875 crew members did test positive, adding that they're experiencing mild symptoms. And Spider-Man No Way Home continues to hit astonishing numbers as the film became the first pandemic-era movie to cross $1 billion at the global box office. The latest Marvel sequel swung to that new record in just 12 days. Those are the headlines from here. Seema, back to you. Philip, thanks. Can't wait to see that one. Former, coming up on the show, former Spirit Airlines CEO. We've got Ben Baldanza on what's been a rough weekend for air travel and what's in store for 2022. And if you haven't already, follow our podcast. If you miss Worldwide Exchange, check us out on Apple, Spotify, other podcast apps. We will be right back. Winter weather, staffing shortages, COVID concerns, dealing a triple blow to an already hectic holiday travel rush. We speak with one industry insider on what airlines can do better to prepare. A mixed year for emerging markets in 2021 and a cloudy outlook for 2022. We've got Mark Mobius. He's here with his predictions, plays and potential winners in the year ahead. And the rise of SPACs helped public offerings surge to new heights in 2021. But post-IPO valuations and a drop-off from China leaving some big question marks for the year ahead. It is Monday, December 27, 2021. You're watching Worldwide Exchange here on CNBC. 
halfway through the hour. Welcome back. I'm Seema Modi in for Brian Sullivan. Here's a look at how stock futures are looking halfway through the 5 a.m. hour. We are higher with the Dow Jones up 19, Nasdaq higher by around 41 points. This after stocks closed at another record high on Thursday. And get this, there is currently no sector in the S&P 500 that is more than 10 percent away from its 52-week high. Let's take a look at energy and the oil trade. Sort of mixed action right now. WTI crude has been trading lower, whereas Brent crude, well, they're both trading lower now. WTI crude down by 1.4 percent. A quick check on Europe. Stocks opened there a couple hours ago. London is closed for the holiday, but the German DAX, Italy, Spain, France, they're all open and trading in positive territory. Also watching what's been a rough year for emerging markets, notably the iShares EEM, which is on track to end the year flat to slightly lower compared with the S&P 500's nearly 28% gain. Chalk the EEM weakness up to China and its multi-sector reform initiatives. ETFs there, including Taiwan Semi, Tencent, Alibaba, Meituan, the latter three of which have been hit hard by Beijing's regulatory crackdown. Now, a different story for markets like Russia and India, both of those markets up double digits year to date, despite some weakness later in the late year. So will this tale of two markets theme continue into 2022? I'm joined now in a worldwide exchange exclusive, Mark Mobius of Mobius Capital Partners. It's a pleasure to have you on today, Mark. And I feel like the broader story around emerging markets has been really dictated by China and what Beijing has been doing on the regulatory front. Does that continue into 2022? Yes, I think it will continue. And uh, I think you pointed out very well the differentiation between the general emerging markets index and what's happening to individual markets like uh, China, India, being so different from each other. So I think it's very important to remember that in the coming year, it will be differentiation, uh, which will be the key note issue. In other words, it's very, very important for investors to look carefully at each country and examine which ones are going to be locked down continuously and therefore have real problems like China. Uh, And then you look at India doing very, very well and Taiwan doing very well. So it's going to be a very, very interesting situation. And it's very important not to buy the index, not to buy the emerging markets index, but to look at individual countries. And uh, if you contrast the behavior of COVID uh, treatment and the way uh, COVID has been handled by countries and places like Hong Kong and Singapore, contrasting to here in Dubai, where the Dubai government has done such a terrific job in opening up the market, keeping it open, being being people being able to travel and so forth. So I think these are the kinds of things we're going to have to look at very carefully. So what I'm hearing from you is investors should become more selective. Don't just go broad and try to throw money at the emerging market ETF. Before we get to some of your top picks like India, because China is just so large, Mark, and the ties it has to the rest of Asia, uh, in a way, I mean, this could become a big risk going forward. It seems if you think that Beijing will continue with this regulatory crackdown and that in itself will have a negative effect on its economy going forward. Well, I think in the long run, it's probably going to have a positive effect because the good regulations, you know, not allowing companies to get uh, overboard in various investments and uh, cracking down on uh, very extended credit to these property companies, for example, is a good thing. But in the short run, probably throughout this coming year, uh, they're going to be in trouble and the market won't do so well. 
But you must remember, again, you've got to differentiate because there's some small and mid-sized companies in China who are actually going to benefit from the crackdown because as Alibaba and Tencent lose business, uh, this will be taken over by the medium and small companies. So again, uh, differentiation is really the keynote. India, you mentioned one of your topics. It's done incredibly well this year, but what do you think are the big risks going forward? Uh, the only risk for India would be uh, a diminution of the reform movement. In other words, uh, Modi's government has done a terrific job in embracing reform. If they let up on that and decide not to extend the reforms the way they've been doing, then India could be in trouble. But otherwise, things are going very well for India. Broadly speaking, we tend to look at the Federal Reserve and the recent moves taken, uh, you know, this idea that rates will be moving higher, three interest rate hikes here in the U.S. next year. That would typically be bad news, Mark, for emerging markets that sit on high levels of dollar-denominated debt. But what's your take? Again, yes, there's no question. Those emerging markets that are heavily indebted in U.S. dollars uh, are going to be in trouble. Uh, again, companies that don't have debt, particularly don't have U.S. dollar debt, are going to do very, very well because they'll be the winners in this situation as interest rates go up. But it's interesting to note that the U.S. economy is doing very, very well. And I think you have to chalk that up to the way uh, the American economy is open. In other words, uh, they have not been so severe as countries in Asia in cracking down on COVID uh, situations where they lock people up for two weeks at a time and so forth. So uh, it's very interesting to see how America is doing so well compared to these other countries. And I think it's because of the way the COVID situation has been treated. Mark, sometimes when I speak to foreign investors, they say they want to invest overseas, but there are limited opportunities. Going into 2022, do you think we'll see more IPOs, more new companies come to market, um, not just here, not just in their respective exchanges, but also here in the U.S.? Actually, there are so many good companies listed in emerging markets and, of course, the U.S. market. Uh, that uh, you don't need any more IPOs. In fact, you probably want to stay away from some of these IPOs, companies that are not making money and that are really uh, driven by hope and, and uh, tremendous promise. So I think uh, the opportunities are still there, tremendous companies. And by the way, many of these emerging market areas are dominated by U.S. companies in certain sectors, for example, in electronics, you see Apple and all these other American companies doing very, very well and making big profits from emerging markets. So in some ways, you can consider them like emerging market companies. An incredible re rebound in oil and energy this year, Mark. No one really anticipated it. Does that help certain economies more than others next year? Actually, it hurts uh, a number of these economies that depend on imported oil, imported coal. By the way, coal is still being used extensively. Uh, so you have to, again, look at this carefully to see what areas are being hurt and what areas are not being hurt. So generally speaking, a higher fuel price is not good. Uh, also, not good for America. But uh, I don't think it's going to be the end all and be all of the investor uh, sentiment. I think the investor sentiment will be good in those areas that are uh, doing well in other areas, particularly technology. Yeah, it's a great point. It hurts India, but of course, it's now a more diversified economy, helps Russia, but that too. So uh, it, it makes things a bit more interesting, to say the least. Mark, it's great to see you. Thank you for giving us your outlook for 2022. Emerging markets, always a fascinating topic. We appreciate it.
Thank you. And don't miss Worldwide Exchange any day this week. A number of big exclusive market-moving interviews covering every sector of the market. Tomorrow, U.S. stocks and ESG with Calster's CIO, Christopher Ailman. Wednesday, it's commodities with Cities Ed Morse. We talk European stocks with Jim O'Neill and Global Equities Friday with J.P. Morgan's Joyce Chang. Now for a check of some of this morning's top stories. Silvana Hanau is here with those. Hello, Silvana. Hey, Seema. One of Israel's top hospitals will start administering a fourth COVID vaccine shot to a group of employees today. It's part of a trial to determine whether a second booster is necessary for the general population. Israel has reported more than 1,100 cases of the Omicron variant, with the number of infections doubling every two days. An advisory panel to the health ministry has recommended a fourth dose of the Pfizer vaccine to adults 60 and over, but final approval is still pending. Microsoft is canceling its in-person presence at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas next week on worries about the spread of the Omicron variant. Microsoft did say on Friday it will still take part remotely. General Motors, Google, Twitter, Amazon and others have also canceled their physical presence at the show. CES officials say the event will still be held with strong safety measures in place. And Dutch antitrust regulators say Apple has violated the country's competition laws. On Friday, they ordered the company to make changes to payment policies in the App Store, which have come under scrutiny worldwide. The investigation, which began in 2019, was reduced in scope to focus primarily on dating apps. Apple says it will appeal. Seema? One to watch. Silvana, thanks. You got it. To another top story this morning and what was a very busy weekend for holiday travels made even more hectic by the ongoing COVID-19 surge. According to the latest data from FlightAware, U.S. airlines were forced to cancel more than 1,500 flights and delay more than 6,000 yesterday with Delta, American, United and more citing staffing shortages due to sick calls. And Omicron this morning, cancellations for flights within, into or out of the United States are already topping 600. The headaches for air carriers coming as travel continues to spike from the depths of the pandemic. According to TSA, more than 1.7 million people took through the skies on Christmas Eve Friday compared to just over 616,000 a year ago. Now, airline stocks down across the board. You can see some big moves here. American Airlines down 2%, United Airlines down 3% here in pre-market. Joining me now to discuss is former Spirit Airlines CEO, Ben Baldanza. He's also the co-host of Airlines Confidential. Ben, it's great to have you on on a pivotal day here for the travel industry. Good morning, Seema. It's great to be with you and Happy New Year. Ben, from what you shared with us before, you think that this could have been avoidable. What do you mean by that? What could have the airlines done better here? Well, here's the thing. During busy holiday periods, and the end of December is the busiest, but also Mother's Day and other important family holidays, Airlines typically see an increase in sick calls from crew. And so they're usually more built up and have more reserve capability. What the industry has struggled with, we saw this in the summer, and what they are struggling with now is putting out too many seats for the amount of of employees that they'll actually have to run the flights. So I think the industry would be better off if they scheduled fewer flights, knowing that they could 
launch those flights and run them successfully. It's obviously very disappointing for customers to be canceled during a holiday period. And the way for the industry to get back in shape for this is to better match the schedule team with the operating teams. It's tough because finally a big rebound in demand. The airline's probably very excited that finally we're seeing this level of demand. Let's put out more flights and increase capacity. But to your point, maybe they sort of overpromised. We saw 5,000 cancellations over Christmas weekend. Do you foresee more this week? Well, I hope not. And I and I hope that, you know, some of the some of the sick calls will will drop a bit, we hope, over the next coming days and so. But the important thing here is that it is a good problem in a sense for the industry and in that there is a lot of travel demand, like you said. People want to get together with families over holidays. People want to get out of their home. That suggests positive momentum as we go into 2022 for airline travel. The key is matching up that supply with the demand. Could this present an opportunity for those who, who, like, to, who like a deal? Do you think prices will come down in the coming days because of the staffing shortages and so many flights getting canceled, passengers or travelers in general saying, you know what, let's just take a seat, seat back. Let's not even get on a plane right now. Well, the next couple of days, that might be a challenge as airlines are trying to figure out what flights are actually going to fly and which aren't. But certainly as we look into the post-New Year's travel into January and February, I expect that there'll be very good travel deals for, for customers. Biggest piece of advice for travelers who are getting on a plane in the next coming days? Uh, do you book with miles? What, what other advice do you have? I think the best thing you can do is continue to check your flights. Go to the airline's website. There are also many apps that check these. Don't go to the airport um, until you know for sure your flight is going to operate. And then just be patient. Bring a good book or bring uh, a couple of good movies on your apps, on your uh, smartphone so you can uh, so you can yeah. have something to do while you're waiting for the flight to go. Patience is is the key during these kind of times. Of course, the staffing shortage is just getting, you know, sort of accelerated by Omicron and this variant and pushing more people to call out sick. Uh, are there ways the airlines can use this as a learning lesson for 2022? Ways that they can hire better uh, recruitment? How does that become a bigger priority next year? Seema, that's a terrific point. I think that's right. Airlines in general are in big time hiring mode right now because they know that they're going to want to fly more flights in 2022 than in 2021. So airlines are hiring thousands of people now. And it's not just hiring, but it's also onboarding properly, meaning training people, making sure they understand, you know, how to deal with conflict, how to deal with the systems at the airlines and things. So airlines across the U.S. are in a mode today where they're hiring thousands of people and bringing those people on board in a way so that they're ready to serve customers is one of the bigger challenges of the industry as we go into next year. And that's another picture of the airline stocks right now, led lower by United Airlines, which is down the most right now, 3% in pre-market. Ben, thanks for providing us uh, your expertise on this space. Ben Baldanza, great to see you. Thank you, Seema. Great to see you. Coming up on Worldwide Exchange, it's been a banner year for IPOs with a record amount of capital raised. But those deals have been soured by the current market environment. So what's in store for 2022? Our own Leslie Picker is here next for your 2022 playbook. 
Worldwide Exchange is back after this. Welcome back. The rise of SPACs helped public offerings surge to new heights in 2021. But post-IPO valuations and a drop-off from China leaving some big question marks for the year ahead. Leslie Picker joining us with what to expect. Leslie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Seema. Yeah, that's right. This year was one for the IPO record books. Companies and SPACs raising $318 billion, the largest figure ever, even after adjusting for inflation. While investors were receptive to new listings, on average, their debuts popped 22%. Since then, the market has really shunned them. The mean performance for companies that went public this year, not including SPACs, is negative 11%, according to Capital Markets Group. Only 22% of new listings this year were profitable, according to the University of Florida. So the market sold them off, along with other high-growth, money-losing stocks, amid a shift in Fed policy that could mean higher interest rates next year. A weighted basket of 2021 IPOs produced returns of negative 3.7% in a year where the NASDAQ is up 21%. That dramatic performance doesn't bode well for companies in the pipeline for 2022, since it's harder to coax investors to put more money into an asset class that's been negative, that's been a negative source of alpha. So capital markets experts I've spoken with say next year's deals will be all about return to fundamentals. Tech and biotech will still play a big role as they have for decades, but you can expect to see more sponsor-backed industrials, financials, companies of that nature come to market, and it's unlikely that we match this year's record issuance. SPACs or special purpose acquisition companies are unlikely to help push next year's numbers into record territory as they did this year. Sources say that the nearly 500 SPACs still searching for merger targets could dissuade additional vehicles from raising capital, and they're expecting regulation from the SEC that may clarify rules surrounding compensation, conflicts of interest, liability, all sorts of big question marks, Seema. Wow, Leslie, you know, we just spoke to Mark Mobius, emerging market investor uh, in the last hour, and he says that Beijing will continue to put pressure on some of China's biggest tech companies, that that will continue into 2022. And I'm just curious if that does continue, how that impacts sort of Wall Street's reception to Chinese companies and either new companies as well that come pub- that go public next year. Oh, yeah, it's a huge headwind, Seema. As we saw this year, really a reckoning for Chinese listings in the U.S. Historically, they've been a huge source in the IPO market. Chinese tech companies in particular would come to the U.S. to list because they found a deeper pool of capital. They saw higher valuations here. And so this was really an attractive market for them to list their stock. But when you see what happened over the course of the summer, what happened with Didi's listing, that's really scared a lot of investors from investing in Chinese names. Now, there's also a headwind from the U.S. West side. We've required here in the U.S. more accounting due diligence. We're looking into um, holding these Chinese listings to stricter standards than we have in the past, which could also dissuade Chinese companies from listing here as they have previously. So there are a lot of headwinds for this kind of cross-border listing market. And I expect those to continue next year as well. Yeah, and that's well telegraphed in a lot of these Chinese tech stocks. You can look at the Chinese internet ETF down 50 percent so far this year. Leslie, great to see you this morning. Thanks for joining us, Leslie. Thanks to me. You too. On deck, why our next guest has a focus on defensive growth heading into the new year, what that means and the stocks that go along with it ahead. And if you haven't already, follow our podcast. If you miss Worldwide Exchange, check us out on Apple, Spotify, other podcast apps. We will be right back. 
And a look at futures here, reporting towards a higher open with the Nasdaq high by 43 points. But travel-related stocks are getting hit hard this morning. Airlines leading us lower with United Air down about 3% in pre-market. The cruise lines also under pressure. Multiple cruise ships returning to Miami with passengers who did test positive for COVID. Carnival down about 3%. We should point out the cruise lines just staged their best week in months last week with Carnival shares gaining 13%. Back to the markets, the Santa Claus rally period starting today, offering opportunity for some potential big gains. And according to Barron's this weekend, investors seem to be brushing off Omicron concerns as the market is watching for other headwinds in the year ahead, like the Federal Reserve. Joining us now is Shana Sissel, Chief Market Strategist at Strategic Wealth Partners. Shana, it's great to have you on. You are recommending investors to to get more defensive. What exactly does that mean? So we just think that there are a number of headwinds coming in 2022 that investors should be aware of. We're all aware that variants of COVID-19, Omicron, and so forth are going to impact the global economy and how uh, different countries uh, react to it will impact global economy. But what a lot of people aren't paying as much attention to is the uh, varied response from uh, different central banks. So in the U.S., we know that we're going to get more hawkish and tighter with monetary policy. We know that they're going to accelerate the tapering and likely they are going to start increasing interest rates here in the U.S. maybe as soon as March. But in other countries, it's a little different. So this is a headwind uh, that that we think investors should be aware of. We also think the employment market has some contradictory indicators there. We have very strong unemployment numbers, but we have also very strong uh, or very high jolt quit rates Mm -hmm. and a lot of job openings. And then the consumer. Consumer confidence and consumer sentiment have been uh, in contrast to each other uh, recently. And that's just something to keep an eye on. So for those reasons, we've become a bit defensive in our uh, uh, portfolios. And we think investors should just be uh, more aware of these risks in 2022. Yeah, you point out some risks that I think a lot of people are thinking about when going into the new year. Yet one of your top picks, as I can see here, is Amazon. Um, It's been a stock that has gotten a lot of attention this year, yet we should point out it's only up 5% year to date. Exactly. Amazon is a name that will benefit uh, no matter the different conditions. You know, this is a, uh, as one of your guests earlier in the show talked about, people are looking for bargains. Amazon is clearly a place that people go when they want to get a bargain. The stock has not participated in the rally as much as other names, and it benefits no matter the circumstances when it comes to COVID-19. People are using Amazon whether or not they're in lockdown, but it certainly does not have some of the headwinds that other retailers might have if for any reason things get stricter uh, as it it goes with like getting out and, and going shopping and things of that sort. And just quickly tell us why you like John Deere here. Uh, Well, Deere is one of those quality defensive growth names. A lot of people don't think of it as a growth name, but with smart ag and farmers and inflation uh, affecting the price of food, farmers are wanting to be more efficient and more cost uh, aware on how they are producing and uh, harvesting their crops. So something like Deere actually uh, does really well. It's a low duration name. So if rates go up, it shouldn't be impacted, but it does have some growth opportunity here. So we're really bullish on Deere. 
All right, and you can see deer has had a pretty nice year, up about 30%. In fact, it's outperformed a number of industrials so far this year. And as you point out, investing a lot in research and development, sort of investing more in the technology aspect of farm equipment. Shana, it's great to see you today. Thank you for joining us. Shana Sissel, and a quick look at U.S. futures here. We are indicated higher on the day for December 27th. NASDAQ higher by 37 points. Dow Jones higher by 30 points. As we said, oil prices have been trading lower over the last hour as we sort of keep travel in high focus. Oh, there we go. Ice Brent is now in positive territory. That does it for us on Worldwide Exchange. I'm Seema Modi. Block Box is next. You've been listening to CNBC's Worldwide Exchange. You can always catch us live weekdays at 5 a.m. Eastern only on CNBC. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.